Um, in the beginning of the parsha, it makes an introduction of Achare Mois. It makes an introduction which seemingly is not connected to the entire parsha. You know, what's the problem? So, what happens is on Yom Kippur, we have the most uh, holiest things, all the three holiest things happening at the same time. That makes it so powerful, makes it so precious. Number one, you have the holiest place of the world. Which is the holiest place of the world? Of course, Israel. Within Israel, within Eretz Yisrael, it is Yerushalayim. And within Yerushalayim, it's the Beis HaMikdosh. And in the Beis HaMikdosh, it is the Kodesh HaKadoshim. That's the Holy of Holiest. That's the most important place, the holiest place in the whole world. Actually, the world was created, the Evan Shesiyah, the place where the Aron, the Ark, stood, was the place of the foundation. The whole world was founded from there. But, so in place, this is the holiest place. We're talking about Aaron entering into this holiest of places. That's what we're talking about over here. Uh, when Aaron enters into these holiest of places... I'm sorry? You want me to mute? Let me mute her. Okay. So, um, here we're talking about how do you get into that holiest of places? Only once a year, who can go in there? Of all the high people, priest. the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, is the holiest of all people. So you have ordinary people, Yisraelim, then you have the Levites, then you have the Kohen, and within the Kohen you have the Kohen Gadol. So again, so you have the Kohen Gadol going in, the holiest person going into the holiest place. And when does that happen? On the holiest day of the year, on Yom Kippur. So you have Yom Kippur, you have a whole year, you have Shabbat, you have Yom Tov, you have the holidays, and on the holiest days of the year, on Yom Kippur, that's when the holiest person, the Kohen Gadol, goes into the holiest of places. And the Torah prescribes over here uh, how, what is done uh, to get the, um, to be able to go into the, um, to the uh, Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holiest. I don't see, um, is, um, is Nancy on? I don't see Nancy's. Yes, I see her. I don't know why my my screen only shows four people. I have to figure out how to do this. Uh, You're, there were uh, five oh. of us. Oh, I see. Now I see because okay, you can move around. All right, I close myself and I see because it can only it only shows me four. So I, I took up my oh, so good. All right. So the um, the question is, how does the verse open up? So if you look, see this is verse Aleph. Do you see the screen? Yes? Do you see the screen? Yes, you do. Oh, everybody's muted. Okay, so you have Aleph, that starts, then you have Base, and then you have Gimel. So over here in verse 3, Gimel, the Pasuk starts to tell you, Bezois Yavoy Aren Elakoidesh, this, with this, Aaron can come to the holiest, to the 
Kodesh HaKadoshim. He has to bring the Barben Boka Lachatos, those are the sacrifices. But today, I want to concentrate in the introduction, the introduction to the verses. And maybe we can uh, sort of unmute one at a time and we can have a, have a little bit of reading. Anybody want to volunteer to read the first verse? Raise your hand and I'll unmute you. Okay. Okay. But the first word sure. or so was cut off on my. Daber, over here, can you see here? I see the Reish before the word Adonai. Okay. But I don't see the letters before the Reish. Okay. Let me see why um, that is. Here, let's see if this will help. Can Does, this help? Does this help? Uh, Va. Okay. It's Va El Moshe. Okay, Maybe you, I could get rid of our pictures and then you see we this? could have more of a screen. Oh, that's why your your pictures must be in your way. They yeah. are. So you have you can move your pictures. You can just put your uh, arrow on the picture. You can move whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. Okay. okay. Right. Is that uh, Yidaber? Vay Yidaber. Vay What's the what? To him. Do not eat cold things, nor sleep in a damp place. Another physician came and said to him, Do not eat cold things, nor sleep in a damp place, so that you may just not die, as Mr. So-and-so died. Certainly this, the latter, put him on his guard more than the former. That is why scripture states after the death of the two sons of Aaron. Sifra Achremoy section 1-3 So, again, what is the idea behind it? This is a story. It has a very strong moral. It has a moral that a lot of times, we want to become close to Hashem. Korvosom lifnei Hashem. We want to come close to Hashem. And because we want to come close to Hashem, and sometimes we yearn so much to come close to Hashem, that because of our great desire to connect to Hashem, we may not follow the rules the way we should because of our great desire to connect. The Rebbe points out a few very interesting points over here. The Rebbe points out, why does Rashi give an example of a person that is sick? So Rashi implies that a person who is sick, we have to tell him, if you're sick, if you are going, don't eat cold things or sleep in a damp place because you're going to die. But Aaron doesn't seem like was sick. Aaron wasn't sick with anything. And what happens to a healthy person? You tell a healthy person, you must practice social distancing. You must wear a mask on your face because if you're not going to do it, look at the news, look what's happening to all the people, God forbid, who are ending up in the hospital and some people don't end up making it. We have more than 50,000 people in the United States that die, that die from the 
COVID-19 coronavirus. So, we don't have to tell a person that is sick, you know what, if you're going to do something wrong, you're going to die. We have to tell somebody that is healthy. So why does Rashi find it necessary to give an example? A sick person, tell him, Aaron wasn't sick. Rashi could have said, a doctor comes to a healthy person and he tells him, look, if you don't take care of your health properly, then look what happened to the other person. And the same exact same exact uh, parable. What's the point of Rashi bringing down a sick person? That's number one. And number two, you also see Rashi says a story with two doctors. Rashi could have said the same story with one doctor. Rashi could have said that the doctor first tells the, the patient, uh, if the doctor will just say to the patient, don't do something without giving him the consequences that it may be real dire consequences, then the doctor hasn't really appointed, infected him. But if the doctor should tell him the whole story, then he will give, why do we need two doctors here that they're giving each other, giving a different, the same doctor, Rashi could have given the same example. But the Rebbe explains that Rashi is bothered by something else over here. Rashi is bothered. Okay, we're trying to warn Aaron over here that he shouldn't go in, but we have so many mitzvahs of the Torah. Many mitzvahs in the Torah, the Torah doesn't tell you, well, if you're going to violate the mitzvah, something is going to happen to you. Why did the Torah find it necessary over here by this mitzvah, by the mitzvah of going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, why did the Torah find it necessary to specifically mention, um, oh, if you don't listen to the law, might happen something to you. Matter of fact, uh, we have a law that happened as soon as they passed away that we learned. It says that the person who is drunk, if you're not, if you're intoxicated, you're not allowed to do service. You know, we know a person who's intoxicated isn't allowed to pray, isn't allowed to uh, do a law, not allowed to rule. A person who's intoxicated is not allowed to go into the Beis HaMikdash. And that law was said right away. But we don't find over there uh, Rashi saying, oh, and if you do go in, then you might die. It doesn't say such a thing. Why, Rashi wants to know, why are we saying that? So we have to look at this a little bit from a different point over here. The Rebbe explains that people who are spiritual people, and people who yearn to be close to Hashem, and people who want to do the right things. Here you hear, like there's people, unfortunately, in the religious community, have suffered from this pandemic more by percentage-wise than other communities. Why? Why? Because people 
have such a great need to daven with a minion, to learn Torah together, to come to a shir. They want to be together. This is something which is uprooting the yeshiva students, the people that are learning, the people together. The whole concept, we as a people are there always to support each other. We need each other. We need the classes. We need to get together. We need to see each other. We need to give a, a handshake. We need to give an embrace. We need, a, we need that connection. That's part of our heritage. That's part of our religion. So we have a yearning and we have a strong desire to do things which require social undistancing togetherness, a minion you have to have. We need people to get together. Unfortunately, the rules are that right now for the health of the people, you have to practice social distancing. So sometimes in the religious community, they don't listen to the rules. Some, I'm saying very few, most do listen. But there's some of them that don't listen to the rules. And because they don't listen to the rules... Um, they're causing themselves harm. It's exactly Hashem. they come close to before Hashem. They're going into the shuls, they're going into the base medrash, they're coming close, okay, not to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we don't have it, but Vayamusu. And then you have all these terrible tragedies. Why is it so... Why is there such an urge by the religious people, because religious people, our religion is based upon togetherness. We're based upon social unity, bringing people together, expressing, emotionally being involved. So, why is the Torah over here specifically have to warn Aaron. Just like we find it, in, especially in the religious community, we have to warn them, we have to tell them that it's for your benefit that we're telling the social distancing. We're trying to protect every life. We want it, it's for your, we're trying to save you here. It's not trying to get back at the religious people, trying to um, interfere with their studies, with their spiritual with their minions with their learning and with the davening and with the all the other important things but there comes a time but there is a big pull because it means so much to daven with a minion it means it means it's such a tremendous nisayon as you want to say it's a touch it's a test to deny a yid for a whole month Pesach, Kaddish, Yurtzeit, praying. People pray three times a day with a minion all the time. They're very careful. People used to endanger their lives when the government didn't allow it, which is different than now. And they used to go out and make a minion. And here all of a sudden, so we can understand, Aaron being on his level, he had a tremendous yearning to be able to connect, he had been able to connect to Hashem. So 
the Eibrister has to, Hashem has to warn him in very strong words, like we find ourselves now, has to tell him, look, you can't do this, I know how much you want to. Here we see his sons, Aaron, not of Avihu, his two other sons, they went in without permission. Why? You know, the Gemara tells us there were four righteous people that went into the Pardis, they, the orchard, that was the Kabbalah into the mysticism, but they weren't ready for it. Three out of the four ended up failing. It says one of them <coughs> lost his mind. It says one of them died. And one of them actually turned away from Hashem. It was only Rabbi Akiva who entered in peace, came out in peace. So you have to be ready to enter into the most deepest secrets, to the holiest place. You can't just enter. Not everybody can enter. But there is a great yearning. There is a great want. How do we control ourselves? So that's why Rashi says it's for an example like a person who is sick. When a person is sick, and especially when they have fever, they're looking to cool themselves down from their fever. And what they do is, they like to take a cold drink to sort of ease the heat, their body heat. Or also, if they're heating up, burning up with fever, maybe they want to sleep in a damp place to just to cool themselves down a little bit. They feel that. But that's not healthy for them at that point. That's not healthy to drink. Again, I'm not talking about all circumstances. Sometimes it is okay. They say that when you have temperature, you should uncover, you shouldn't be heat. But I'm talking about in Rashi, in the simple text over here. The idea over here is when a person is sick, they have a special yearning to get something cold in them. Aaron always was, as it says, Choylas Ahava. He loved Hashem so much, he was sick of his love to Hashem. It was kind, but him it was a sickness. Otherwise, we don't need to tell him that you have to keep the mitzvahs or something, because we find that the whole Torah doesn't tell us. But here, this particular is a weakness of Aaron, not because of something bad, but because he had this great love. And we have to restrain himself. So, you know, a lot of times we find ourselves in a situation. We want to go do a mitzvah now, right? We want to go do a mitzvah now. We want to go to a class or we want to go some do a mitzvah. But then we have a child that needs us. We have uh, an obligation. So we want to do something good and it's a strong desire, but we have to do what is the right thing for us. So, we have to tear ourselves away. By the way, if we run out of time over here, I'm going to reconnect us, okay? So, if we have a tremendous yearning to do something holy and good, but we have to know that our priorities have to be to do what's right. Not what makes us feel just good, but also what is the correct and the right time. 
Aaron, you want to be in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that's very good. You want to be very close to Hashem. But for that, Yom Kippur. For that, you have to do, you have to wait once a year. You can't just go in all the time. And the um, um, the example is you know, for us. Um, besides, you know the the very practical uh, things uh, that we have that we have to watch our health as much as the minion meet means to us, and as much as the Torah learning together means to us, and as much as we miss it, and as much as we uh, uh, it's our spiritual need and. We also have to realize that we all need support. And how do we support? We get support from each other. So when we meet together, when we are socially together, you know, today we know that one of the big things is that people have various different meetings and they have various different uh, support groups for all kinds of things that people need support. So people do need support. Very hard to do it alone. So important to have a friend, to have a shoulder, to cry on, to have somebody that you can share, somebody that you can speak. I met a person who, you know, it was a very successful businessman. I was very close with him. And he was a successful businessman. And unfortunately, you know, he got sick at one time. And he ended up in the hospital. I don't know how I, I found out about it. Somebody, a friend of his, I didn't know, he didn't call me directly. A friend of him told me. And of course, I went down there, I made sure he had some food, and I brought him some tefillin, I did some things in. And, you know, he only came to know us from the shul, he used to come to Davin, he used to, he came, he used to come to the house, he'd for Pesach, this, that, you know, he was, used to hang around here. And he said to me something which was very, very powerful. He said, you know, I'm making these people millions of dollars, he says. You know, he's working in these hedge funds and this, you know, making making people very, very rich. He says, yeah, he makes himself a good salary too, a good living too. But he made other people. He says, you know what? As soon as I got sick and I could no longer make them, at least temporarily, he says, nobody calls. He says, nobody picks up the phone. Nobody asks me how I'm doing. done. And guess what? The people that I met in Shul, and the people that in my, you know, in other words, it's sort of a, my side social, huh? those are the only people that come around, the only people that care about me, really. I mean, this. So, the place where we get together, whether it's a Shul, or it's a women's group, or it's a class, whether it's, um, this is all part of our support group that we have. And that's why we miss it so much. And a lot of people are suffering now because people are cooped up at home and people don't have that support. People don't have the support that they need. Uh, they need other people.